Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to yet another sparkling edition of the Thought Police. Uh, I'm Mike Graham, you're Matt Kelly. Very I am. Good uh, day to you. Good day to you. Now, as we are speaking about this, we are literally in the midst of the Sandringham Summit. Yeah. Right? We don't yet know what's going to emerge from the Sandringham Summit. No. But it's not very good, is it? It's amazing. I, I mean, mean it... you're the man that we should remind the listeners who masterminded the, <laughs> in, in sort of the undercover operation of Buckingham Palace. Yeah. Um, when you got a Daily Mirror reporter. Uh, into the uh, the building as a footman. As, yeah. right? So, I mean, this must be bringing back some memories of the old uh, royal stories you used to do. Well, yeah, I mean, when I was interested in them. But mm. I have to say, it's rekindled my interest. Yeah. I, I, I have been, I'm surprised at how fascinated I am by the twos and throwings yeah. of it. Because there's all this complication stuff, like s- suddenly, you know, the tax burden on Harry if he moves out, and can he actually... If he's not bilingual, yeah. could he move to Canada? You know, right. that came up this morning. He doesn't speak French. Right. So, so well, the only bit of France that they care about in, fr- in French-wise is, is Quebec, though, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but you can't get a job, apparently, in Canada if you're not bilingual. Well, what's he going to get a job doing? I mean, well, what job could prince. he do? Well, he could be begging for voiceover work for himself, <laughs> like he was with yeah, Bob Iger. Yeah, could bring up that guy from Disney and go, do you know when yeah. uh, we did that deal to get Megan some voiceover work? Yeah. How do you fancy that giving it to me? That was mortifying, wasn't it? Wasn't that the most embarrassing thing you've ever seen? It was... Did the, I'll tell you, the, the thing about it that mortified me was the bit where he sort of leaned back and said, oh, you sound surprised. Yeah. Like, everyone gives a toss about what his wife does. I you know. know. I know, but meanwhile, she's over to the right talking to Beyonce yeah. and Jay-Z. Jay-Z looks bored as shit. Do you think uh, she was saying to them, hey, do you know uh, my husband, <laughs> he plays a bit of guitar? Yeah. You know, right, do you think you right. get a spot in the band? Backing vocals. Yeah. Jay-Z, I thought, who, I, I love Jay-Z. I think he's an absolute diamond. And uh, he just looked completely pissed off at the fact that he was there. And, and I think he was there for Beyonce only. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, this is the thing. I mean, this whole kind of woke world yeah. that you and I don't inhabit, um, and that you probably would be more comfortable in than me. But, um, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine what it's like, you know, because one of the things that they're now touting uh, is, is that Prince William and Prince Harry issued a statement saying, you know, it's wrong to write stories about bullying, it's wrong to use the wrong kind of language because it's very damaging to mental health and all this. It's, it's almost like they're going to be saying to newspapers, you can only write things that we approve of. Yeah. You can only write things using words that we approve of. And he's, here are the words you can't use. Honestly, I, mean, I know it's unbelievable. this will go down like a bucket of cold sick with a lot of our uh, listeners. But 
the more you look at the royal family, the Queen is the amazing exception. Charles, maybe. Yeah. Charles has got a lot going. I like Charles. You know, I like the fact he's eccentric and he says his mind and stuff like this. But then William, who gives a toss? William's kid, can't even remember his name no. now. George, is it? George, you know, yeah. I mean, really... Well, he is the heir to the throne. But really, are we going to be sitting here in... You know, is my kid going to be sitting there watching the coronation in a 100 years of, you know, of George's child or grandson. Right. I just can't believe that it's going to go on much longer. No, really. I find it quite ridiculous, actually, because I'm, I'm almost with you on that, except I'm not that keen on Charles at all. Because right. if you think about where he came from yeah. and the kind of privilege that he's had all of his life... And don't forget, by the way, the Duchy of Cornwall doesn't pay any tax. No, that's right. Now, why is it's that? It's an outrage. Why does he not pay any tax? I have to pay tax. And the idea that they... That, I mean, the oft-quoted thing that they pay handsomely, they return what, what it costs us in tourism. I don't believe for a minute that we'd lose a Penny tourism, if they weren't there. Well, if you I could mean, walk suppose, around Buckingham Palace. For, yeah, I mean, you know. I suppose there is something to be said for the trooping of the colour and the fact that you get to see yeah. the Queen. But I mean, if, if if Charles is sitting on a horse, I couldn't care less. No. Unless he falls off. Unless it. he falls off. And it. then yeah. somehow you've got something to laugh about. 2020 does sound quite so, like a good year. It does. It? It's it a great it's modern, It sounds it? terrific. Yeah. And we're calling it the 20s, aren't we? They're calling it the Roaring Twenties. Fantastic. Fact, the, uh, I haven't um, heard that. It's a little yeah, bit, it's a little bit earlier. Than, it's a little bit early to call it the Roaring Twenties. Because but, I mean, the noughties sounded a bit rubbish. Noughties were rubbish, yeah. And what were the other ones, though? I don't think we had a name for the last decade, did we? Have we gone through a whole decade? We've gone a whole decade without actually, yeah. What will history say? I think they call it? I don't know. I don't know. Britain went mad. Well, it could do that, yeah. Although you've become a lot more uh, sort of, I would say, relaxed since um, the new year. Resigned, relaxed. Well, no, but you look happy, though. You don't look unhappy. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever comes next. No yeah. point being down in the dumps. Like no. Will you be going to the, uh, the Bing, Big Ben, Bong, Bong no bong thing, party thing? He's going to have a countdown clock, isn't he, on down? Yeah, they're going to have a stage, basically, and they're going to yeah. play the, probably the sounds of Big Ben. But right. it is ridiculous. I mean, the fact that Big Ben cannot bong uh, on well, it's the night. Not half a million quid. It's then. not half a million quid. That's bollocks. Is this something else you know for sure? Yeah, any, of course. Without any. Yes. Any. Well, because expertise. it doesn't. If it costs half a million every time Big Ben bonged, right? Yeah. How often do you think it does it during the course of a normal day? No, it's not. It's but it, 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 it right? don't restore the clapper. No, they don't. They don't take the clapper down no. every day. No, they, but then why did they take the clapper down? To knowing, restore it. No, knowing that it was going to be used on January 31st. Oh, yeah, because everyone knew that. Well, they did. They they took it down 18 months ago. No, they didn't. It was there on New Year's Eve. It rang on New Year's Eve. Did it? Yeah. Yes, there are two times it's allowed to ring, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, I don't even understand why it's taken them about 28 years to fix Big Ben. I mean, I don't even remember what it looks like. I don't (laughs) know about you. But when we used to go down to the old uh, Tent of Shame down in uh, College Green, and you come out and you just see these hordes of tourists looking up with absolute yeah. enough of disappointment and you know, dismay, you know, and they couldn't see it. You know, Big Ben is just the bell. Yes, I do know yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I know and it's called St. Stephen's Tower. Tower, Tower right. But the point is, everybody calls it Big Ben. It's yes, called Big Ben. Do, I bought my do. son a Big Ben clock, yeah. right, which works better than Big Ben does because it yeah, actually works. It actually does something. But no, they they they, they ring it out on um, uh, Armistice Day, right? Yeah. Uh, or Remembrance Sunday, one of the two. Yeah. And on New Year's Eve, they've got permission to do that. So they actually went to all the trouble of putting a floor in putting the clangor in, right, New Year's Eve, oh, I see. and then they took it out again. This now, if that's not some kind of Remainer conspiracy... Do you think the foreman on the job yeah, is a Remainer? of course. Yeah. And the Parliament committee that, that says whether or not you can do it. Yeah. Because first of all, they said, um, 
no, you can't do it. There's no clanger there. And then everyone said, well, hang on a minute. Why can't you just put the clanger back in? Oh, it costs yeah. too much money. And then they said, well, how much is it going to cost? Half a million quid. Yeah. And then they went, okay, well, we can raise that. And then Lord Ashcroft said, all right, we can find a half a million quid. And then they said, oh, well, even if you find half a million quid, we can't, you can't do it because you can't use the money for that. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sorry. It's just it like one thing yeah, after another. It right? has got one of those sort of figures plucked from thin right. air rings about. Yeah, and it'd be like, you know. One million pounds. Yeah, you go, um, so where is the claim? Uh, we don't know. We don't yeah. know where it is. No, we don't know where it is. Oh, okay. Well, can we get another thing? No, definitely not. It's just like, you know, the dog ate my homework. Well, honestly, who gives a shit? Really? I don't give a shit, but it's now become a thing. Evidently. Because. You're not going giving a shit. Well, manifest. I don't care whether Big Ben bongs, right? Because what yeah. I suggested they do is just get an inflatable Big Ben, right? And just yeah. blow it up. Have yes. it standing there. Life size, that, right? Same size as Big Ben, yeah. but it's a, but it's basically like a bouncy castle. That sounds like right? a brilliant analogy for and Brexit, then, though. Yeah, it would like be good, wouldn't it? Inflatable. And then you, you could get a Romanian come along and yeah. stick a pin in it or something. And all and the hot air air yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, yeah. what's going on, because um, there's an awful lot of what can only be described as plankery out there. Yeah. Um, an awful lot of sort of false accusations being made. Uh, I've had a little run-in with some people over the course of the last few days. Yeah. Because uh, I've been labelled a racist, really? of course. Yeah, incredible. Who by? Uh, by all this all Novara media crowd. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, who oh. are, of course, the people you know what? who Don't are, give them the oxygen. I'm then. not going to. But no. they're in the business of actually promoting yeah. racism because that's how they manage to make any kind of money at all. If they do make any yeah. money, we shall see. Yeah. But um, but it is that the whole Twitter pile-on thing. Yeah. Piers Morgan's getting the same because, of course, yeah. you know, he's having a go at Jamil. I saw that. Um, I didn't know who that Jamil was until well, I saw Piers. The reason I know of her is because he's had various fallings out with right. her, and I think she's a some kind of pop star. She's she? got a million followers. Yeah, though, well, he's got seven. Yeah, so yeah. you know, it's, it's seven one to him. No, but the, the the point is, the world is full of massively influential people mm. you've never even heard of. But when you say influential, they're only influential within their own circle. within their own little bubbles. Right? Yeah, I mean, I get the, my favourite sorts of tweets that I get from people. Who are you? I've never even heard of you. Yeah, well, piss and off. And you go, well, can you read Twitter? Because yeah. if you look at Twitter, you can see who I am. Who are you, no. Mike Graham? Yeah, who are you, Mike I've Graham? I've never heard of you, You're Mike a nobody. Graham. You're a nobody. <laughs> well, why are you tweeting me then, you moron? <laughs> I mean, it really is quite remarkable. But the thing that's great about it is that while calling you a racist and a vile individual yeah you then get called i got called a nonce i got called a pedophile oh. i got called um infertile and incel it all you know comes all out. of that kind of really horrible all stuff comes out. and guess what they're all in the labor party these people they're all members of the labor party Are you they've, sure all got, about that? they've all got can they not just for be prime minister like non-partisan twats no they're all in the labor party because that's what happens you know you right. get all the same people having a go at the people that they think yeah. are the enemy. Well, it's all, it seems to me, and, you know, as you know, I've been on the receiving end of it, yeah. and it's very, very orchestrated. Mm. Very orchestrated. And what strikes me... It's always orchestrated. The more it I goes think for about, about it, three days, and then it's done. The more I think about it, the problem seems to be is people conflating uh, abuse with being insulted. Yes. And there's dangerous abuse, which I think is, is you know, should be monitored yeah. and, and should be you know someone's trying to incite racial yes. hatred right you know calling go, here's where so and so lives go yes. and stick a brick through his window right, right? that should be a criminal mm. offence saying somebody's a bit of a twat yeah. or I think you're a knobhead yeah. or I think she should have done this because yeah. you know whatever that if you, you can disagree with it mm. all you like and you're perfectly free to fire yes. back but to call for people to be sacked yeah. and lobby right. against them and petitions also they don't created. really see the irony of criticising me yeah. for making fun of somebody yeah. uh, due to their appearance uh, by making fun of my appearance they well, don't quite get that that's actually so, no, in some no, way no, the same thing it's it, it's their new it's the new intolerance right? yeah. they are 
there was a great, great thing uh, by Rowan Atkinson, which for some reason, I can't remember where I stumbled on it, but it's mm. Rowan Atkinson talking for nine minutes yes. about freedom of speech. I've seen that, yeah. And he, t- he talks about their people saying... You know, I'm I'm very tolerant. The only thing I'm intolerant of is intolerance. Yes. And he said, well, when you think about that, that is just one form of intolerance yes. being swapped for another. But exactly. And and these people think that because they, in their liberal, progressive, rightiest minds, yes. and I'll include myself as a yeah. progressive, liberal, rightiest well, twat. Yeah. used to be one they, before you started working with me. They, yeah, no, it's by osmosis. <laughs> I'm becoming more and more right-wing by the minute. But they think that they are right-wing, mm. right-thinking. They yeah. define correct thought. Oh, yeah. So if you don't conform... You are wrong thinking. You are wrong thinking. And, and you've you are got there the wrong to be insulted. Idea. You're and, being dehumanised. And, and now, I mean, universities in this country are now completely and utterly derailing yeah. the idea of open-mindedness yeah. by basically no-platforming people, by saying to certain people, you're not welcome here, yeah. your thoughts and your ideas are not welcome here, yeah. we're never going to discuss them because you're completely wrong. Well, the other thing you know, that I find... that's completely against what university is meant to be about, is I it? I find completely chilling is when... Somebody says something, like Alistair Stewart the other day, yeah. and then post that event, it is declared to be racist yes. or something like that. He, di- he didn't mean that in a racist fashion. Of course he didn't. He was quoting Shakespeare, yeah. for God's sake. Well, Shakespeare's probably racist now well, as well. But to, but this this idea that there exists a load of what they call tropes and memes and all of this oh, yeah. stuff that that you don't know about, yeah. but suddenly you say something perfectly innocently yes. and it's, ah, look, this is a famous I no idea. for yes. a racist slob to right. say. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's utter bollocks. It really is. And the problem is, um, and I've been listening to a couple of people talking about this recently, giving up Twitter. I know you basically gave it up. My advice is most don't go people, near the bloody thing. Most honestly. people actually having left it feel a lot better oh, about everything. What a weight I mean, I would, I would actually consider that, except for the fact that it actually is a great means of publicising who I am yeah. and what I do, because yeah. I am in a, in a situation where... As You're a in radio, the public eye. I'm yeah. in the public eye, but also as a radio presenter, I'm, there are lots of people who don't know who I am, yeah. and I'm fine with that, but yeah. I want more of them to listen to me. So yeah. the way that I do that... Uh, is to get out there yeah. and to have a few scuffles with a few people and, and, because you know, it always works to my advantage. And I don't they don't get that. There's nobody better at that than Piers, of course, yeah. you know, who does it sublimely, yes. brilliantly. But, but I you always off worry, it. don't you, that he's gonna, one day something gonna bad go is going to happen and they because they, they get you in the end. I mean, yeah. I saw one of those memes the other day that said, you know, what they do is they poke you and poke you and poke you until your worst side comes out yeah. and then they blame you. And well, then that, they say they're the victim. You see, that's where I found myself all too easily uh, mm. enticed. To... You were kind of sucked in. Yeah, I was. And I, I, we've, you know, all, we've all been there. And that's not me. And I, So I just thought, no. I don't need it. It does, does me no benefit. No. I can still go on and, yeah. and sort of look at what people are saying mm-hmm. if I want to. But I just was thinking, what is the upside? Yeah, yeah. And there is no, no upside for someone like me. No. So I, just I mean, off. I'm the same. I mean, if it wasn't for what I do, I don't think I'd bother. No. You know, this is why I find it amazing that people who don't do what yeah. I do... Do bother. Well, mate, the time you, know? you get back into your life is unbelievable. Yes. I mean, yeah. people think it only takes a few seconds to write a tweet. And so, I realised I was spending, like, hours no, because, on Twitter no. a day. No, I mean, funnily enough, I was actually listening to Giles Curran talking about it because he had the same problem. Yeah. Somebody t- ended up turning up at his house really? um, because of a, a spat that he got into with oh, Owen Jones. I remember Jones, this, yeah. Um, over, over New Year, which I completely missed, actually. Yeah. I don't know what I was doing. On, well, I do know what I was doing on New Year, but I don't know how I missed it. Yeah. Um, Anyway, he said that he was doing things like, you know, it was occupying almost all of his waking hours because yeah. he would put out a tweet and then, you know, half an hour later he'd be checking to see what the see, reaction was. Yeah, absolutely. And then he'd start to get into it with people. And he said sickness. even like walking, he'd take his kids and his wife out into yeah. the woods and he'd be sort of hanging back because he was reading yeah. his phone. Yeah. And all of that it's is, madness. Is, is crazy, it's isn't madness. it? It's madness.
Matt, have you ever considered setting up your own political party? Given Labour's failures to understand what people actually want, there's certainly a gap for you. And the answer, I think he's right about that. Well, I think there's definitely a gap. Mm. And have I ever considered it? No, mm. because I don't think I'd last 10 minutes in the court of public approval before... People. Yeah, maybe. What well, not as the front man, maybe, but no. you could be the, the sort of the, the Svengali figure behind the scenes. Do you think what, like a sort of Campbell-esque? Kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Why Make, not move I and mean, shake? You know, because if you think about the um, Lib Dems, yeah, absolutely down a rabbit hole. Yeah, have no yeah. idea what they're doing. Yeah. Joe Swinson apparently wants to become an MSP again in Scotland. Yeah, I heard right? that. If you think about um, the Labour Party and their hopelessness at the yeah. moment where the, like, the best chance they've got of anything is Keir Starmer, which is yeah. really a pretty stupid answer to, to any question. Um, <laughs> you've got them, they've just kicked out Trevor Phillips yeah. for Islamophobia, In, right? Yeah, yeah. Because he actually said something which turned out to be a fact yeah. about grooming gangs. Yeah. And he said it a long time ago. And yet they still have anti-Semites in the past yeah. that they can't seem to get rid of. Which he is investigating. Yeah. Which, so that's all a bit so circular. So that doesn't look very good, does you know, it? Yeah. So, I mean... You've definitely, there's definitely, I think, a, a sensible wing of yeah. left politics, yeah. I th- well, which, I, is, which is probably maybe closer to Tony Blair than people would like I it to I think that's be. probably true. I, I wrote a piece for GQ a while ago when people were using this word centrist mm. as a big slur, you know? Oh, yeah. And I said... Oh, is it know, a slur now? Well, yeah. <laughs> no, like, you're Owen Jones of this world. Oh, we'll yeah. use it as, like, an mm. insult, you know? Mm. And... To me, it's like there's nothing wrong with the centre no. of politics. It speaks of pragmatism yeah. and, you know, solutions. Compromise. And doing, getting things yeah. done, yeah. which is good. Um, but the idea that I think what people go off the centre about is the, this idea that it's all a bit wishy-washy yeah. and liberal and mm. all of that. I, don't, I think, what, I love this phrase, the radical centre. Yeah. You know, and I really do think mm. now is the time yeah. to have a radical rethink of the things that we all depend on. Yeah. You know, the NHS, the infrastructure of the country, the school system, yeah. social care. Right. You know, we, we need radical solutions. We don't just need to sort of incrementally yeah. chip away and, no, that's and right. modulate and things. And everyone's saying, and has been saying for a while, that there's been no kind of long-term planning in this country, which is true. And yeah. I think that's been a massive problem. Yeah. And Boris Johnson is now trying to kind of start this infrastructure business going. Yeah. I'm not sure he's going to succeed, and I'm not even yeah. sure that it matters at this point because it's all going to be so far away from my lifetime anyway. Yeah. You know, even HS2. Yeah. I'm going to be dead before that. Well, finished. the world is going to be a very different place yeah, by then, isn't it? Yeah, of course it, it is. Yeah. We might, as you say, all be yeah. living in little hovels by then. Yeah, uh, I didn't say hovels, I said ham- hamlets, not well, hovels. Well, there'll be a hovel in a hamlet then, <laughs> you know, back in the old sort of yeah. Woodhenge days, yeah. you know. But the thing is, right, that there's definitely um, a vacuum because the problem at the moment is that Boris Johnson doesn't have an opposition. He doesn't have anyone really telling him. And he's not really doing what the Conservative Party want. I've been meeting quite a few youngish Conservative MPs, you know, the ones that got in at the last election from the north of England. And a lot of them are very kind of disenchanted with the way the Tory party's moved away from what they regard as their core values, which is low tax, right, non-interference in your life, basically, right, and also just kind of generally... Uh, conservative with a small C, yeah. encouraging small business, you know, not telling people how they should be living, get off the green bandwagon brigade and all that, you know, because it's just ridiculous. Right, anyway, yes, so the answer to Tommy's question is, uh, it has crossed my mind a couple of times, but I really don't... I think one of the real intrinsic difficulties with starting something new in this country is just how set Labour Mm. and the Tories are and how reluctant people are to move away from that. But surely under Keir Starmer... 
Yeah. The Labour Party will somehow evolve more back to the centre. Back to the centre, won't it? I hope so. Well, if it doesn't, mm. if it doesn't, it's finished. Because if, if McDonnell and Corbyn, uh, although they've all said that they'll put Corbyn back in the, the shadow cabinet. Amazing. Right? Um, but if McDonnell and Corbyn disappear and Diane yeah. Abbott disappears, as she yeah. says she's going to, yeah. then, you know, you've, 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 you're going to be left with a sort of husk yeah. of the left, yeah. which was what it was. Yeah. Um, and, and he's got an opportunity to change it. So there are loads of pl- people who are politically homeless right now and where they all coagulate, I don't know. With every passing day, um, you sort of get more used to it. But I find now that my reactions are changing slightly because... I had a bit of a sort of... I had a couple of sort of down moments at the weekend, which I haven't had before. Um, are you still... Right, just to, to, so I'm clear, are you still at home and the kids are still in... Yes. ...away in the countryside? Yeah. Wow. So and you that, haven't seen your kids for weeks then? So I haven't seen them for uh, nearly four weeks. I mean, I've seen them on, on the screen and I've seen them on my phone and my computer and I've talked to them a lot, but, but my yeah. oldest son, um, the 15-year-old, just said on Sunday, it sucks that you're not here. Yeah. And that just no, kind of got to me. Well, because... mate, I had a very similar experience to that once. I used to work in Argentina a lot. Yeah. Uh, and it meant doing like two or three weeks away at a time. Mm. And I remember coming back once and my eldest, who would have been about 11 at the time, I yeah. turned around in the car and he was crying because uh, I just told him that I was I had to go back right. two days later. Uh-huh. And I just, you know, we think that kids... Uh, you know, they're oblivious to us. Yes. But, my God, they really do miss that stability mm. when we're not there. They do. And I, and that's what, what what got to me, because, you know, I'm I'm fine, basically. I'm a big boy. I can look after myself. You know, I can find enough bottles of wine to drink myself into oblivion if I need to, you know. Um, but I suddenly thought, God, poor, you know, poor Oliver, because, um, yeah. you know, it's it was Easter Sunday, and, you know, normally it's a big thing for us. We'd, we'd, we'd get a roast lamb and we'd sit around and... You know, have have a fun afternoon, and the weather yeah. was so nice. We would have probably barbecued, you know, a butterfly lamb or something like that. You know, yeah. and I just suddenly, I just suddenly thought, what the hell are we doing now? You know, but yeah. but then you know, reality sets back in, and you see what's going on at the moment, and you think, well, I'm going to have to keep doing what I'm doing. But I tell you what amazed me on Friday was that um, uh, so many people were out and about, right? And in London itself, the actual traffic in the morning, as I drive in every day was very light. And I thought to myself, if all these people are essential workers, why are they not working on a bank holiday? You know? Yeah. And yeah. so there's a very weird sort of thing going on. And, yes, and, as, and, as, as, and I went to uh, Borough Market uh, uh, on the Saturday, as I normally do. It's very quiet first thing in the morning. Um, and it's got very good distancing rules, you know, one person in a shop at a time and all that. And I, I went into one store, and the guy said, you wouldn't have believed it if you'd been here yesterday. And I know the guy quite well. He said, you know, there was really a lot of people here, and none of them were in any way adhering to the rules. They were all pressing Amazing. up against each other. They were queuing right behind each other. They were walking into stores and, you know, in mass numbers. You know, it's just bizarre. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I get why people are frustrated. I get why people want to go out, especially in that weather. Yeah. But for Christ's sake, you know, it's like, it's a it's a couple of weeks, it's a few weeks. Yeah. You know, and if you, the numbers that were out uh, in the last few uh, days or so mm. are, are right about actually the true number of people who are dying. Yeah. Then people have just got to buckle down yeah. and uh, and and work their way through it. And I, I I'm so glad. Having said all of that, I am so glad that I'm not in London because I can't actually think of anywhere worse to be. Than yes. 
in, in the middle of London for something like this right now. No, I think you're absolutely right. And as you've said before, you know, you've, you didn't have much outdoor space there, and at least you've now got that, which is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I'm very happy for, for my kids down where they are in Sussex because they've got yeah. a big garden, they can walk the dog, you know, they can't go to the beach anymore because that's apparently off-limits, it's too far away. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I think, you know, if it wasn't for that, if I wasn't happy that they were happy, do you know what I mean? I would That, that, yeah. would, that would really bother me. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, I was quite staggered in a way this morning that the, the news was all about care homes because I'm thinking, well, how come nobody thought about care homes before? Because care homes clearly yeah. are full of people who are vulnerable. Yeah, and it's. I think it's, you know, again, it's, it's these sort of fringes of society that, you know, day to day we don't have to think about. But these people are getting hit and affected more more than anybody else and they've all got families you know yeah. they've all got families there are a lot of people affected by this and i do wonder whether ultimately this will come back and haunt uh, boris johnson's government because yeah. it exposes really the deficiencies i i think not just during this crisis but the way we do sort of sweep old people out of out of the way yes yeah no i think that's absolutely right but but the care crisis has been coming for a long time because i i've been talking about it quite a lot even before this happened because the way that people have their houses taken off them in order to pay uh two thousand pounds a week to a multi-millionaire who's inevitably living abroad basically uh to me is is a a sick way to run anything you know i think um I think I think you know, but you know, as much as I'm not in favour of, of, of huge government organisations running everything, there has to be a better way, and there has to be a way of people somehow putting more money to to one side to yeah. pay for their own care. Because I find it quite objectionable um, that what's been going on lately that these multimillionaires have been demanding free stuff from the government on the grounds that they can make a massive profit uh, on the, on their on their own customers. You know, they want free PPE. Well, why don't they pay for it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 got echoes of the banking crisis, yeah. hasn't it? But across many different sectors, you know, yeah. where people have been taking the piss for a long time and been happy uh, getting big, big profits yeah. and keeping shareholders very happy with big dividends. Mm. And now, when the 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 flaw in the business model is revealed, they they've got no solution to it. We have to step in and and, and bail them out, you know. Yeah. And there's something fundamentally not right. And I do agree with you that there should be a compulsory uh, kitty, you yeah. know, for unexpected. It's like that old Donald Rumsfeld thing, isn't it? You know, there are known, yes, there are unknowns, the known unknowns, unknown unknowns, and we. This is we are deep into unknown unknown territory now. Yes, you know. But to be fair, I mean, I, I don't agree with you about um, how the government will be will be kind of looked upon because I think that I mean every single country in the world was taken by surprise. Every single country in the world um, reacted differently. Um, and most countries, up until about mid-February, thought that it wasn't going to be a big deal. Yeah. You know? Well, I think I think, I, I think it'll be... Um, I mean, Boris, obviously Boris Johnson's now become some sort of, you know, national hero yeah. for having had this personal trauma. And, you know, I'm not being flippant about that. It's You know, I spoke to, uh, via text, I spoke to his sister, Rachel, oh, yeah. who you know, sounded very, very concerned. I yeah. was very grateful for, you know, what a sincere message I'd sent to yeah. him, which was, you know, I hope your brother pulls through this. Yes. And, and you know, I'm delighted that he has pulled through it. Um, so in terms of his position, I think he will be looked at as, as being having been a good leader during this. But yeah. there was a couple of weeks where 
I think when people do the post-mortem on all of this, and I don't, don't mean that in a mm. in a awkward way, but when people look back and they analyse our reaction, then there were two weeks where we really could have said, look, we can see this coming down the road from right. Italy. We can see what's going right. to happen. Now is the time for lockdown. But I think for Boris Johnson's uh, government, the situation wasn't so acute here yeah. that people would have automatically bought into it. Do you know what? I w- I, you'll disagree with this completely. I would remove all of those statues permanently. I, I think the idea of statues, the more you think about it, it's such a bloody, like a, a drag on progression. You know, you work with these people. But because I think the past is the past and we should all be aware of it and, um, and aware of it in all its full diversity and colours, but you've got to keep looking forward all the time. And we litter our streets with emblems of history rather than thinking about the future and what we could be. And I would take them all down except the ones that are to people, like the Cenotaph and, you know, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and all of that. I think that we should worship ourselves as a an idealised vision of what we can be and try and move towards that rather than keep uh. looking back and saying... Oh, wasn't it great 60, 70 years ago? You know, and then having to argue with somebody about the fact that, oh, well, actually, you know he was a bigot, don't you, because he said this when everybody... But you see, you're absolutely right in one thing, and that is that I totally disagree with you, because, I mean, (laughs) you cannot say that... I mean, maybe I'm just an unusual character, but I do not walk around Parliament Square and think... We're always looking back. All like, look at all these terrible old statues of these old men, uh, or sometimes old women. Um, you know that's going to somehow stop our progression uh, through the twenty-first and the twenty-second centuries. I don't see it like that. I see it as a kind of a, um, a, a, a almost a memory, a sort of living memory of people who did something significant. I don't even necessarily um, think that I would I would approve of every single person who's who's got a statue made of them. You know, I mean, Bodicea, for example. Would you take that down? Yeah, or Boudicca, or whatever she's called. But it's a lovely, it's a beautiful work of art. Apart from anything else, it's you know, it's down on the embankment, down near Cleopatra's Needle. You know, it's a beautiful kind of, um, it's a beautiful, you know, reenactment of her in on a chariot. Is it? I mean, I just like quite like looking at it. If you're into butch women riding chariots around the fields of Britain, <laughs> then keep it as a work of art. But honestly, are you celebrating Boudicca? No. no, you're not. No, I'm not. I'm just oh, all I'm go. doing is I'm looking at a work of art and remembering that there was a time uh, when somebody like that lived, and it, that's all it is. It's like when I, if I go to the British Museum and I walk around the the, the 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 Egyptian section, you know, I'm not hankering back to a time when the Egyptians ruled the world and and wanted to build pyramids and all of that. It's just, it's just interesting. It's history. Well, okay, all right, that's a fair comeback. What I would say is though, let me modify my my rather dogmatic position yes. by saying. I do think we in this country in particular spend far too long thinking about some mythical, glory, glorious past yeah. and not enough time thinking about actually what's wrong with us right now so that we can become better in the future. That's no, and I listen, think. I take that point, but I don't think that many people really do that, do they? I mean, I certainly don't. I don't hearken back to it. I mean, I've always said, and I've been saying it a lot in the last couple of weeks, you know, we have never been a more prosperous nation than we are now. People have never had better opportunities to do things, you know, and I refuse to believe that we are somehow, um, you know, trapped in, 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 you know, the 60s when things were a lot different for everybody. You know, I mean, my yeah. sister went to work in the city of London in the 80s when the Big Bang happened 
because Margaret Thatcher freed up all the stock exchanges and the money markets, right? Now, before that, you couldn't get a sniff of the stock market business unless you were born into it, unless you were the son of somebody very wealthy or your family were in stockbroking uh, or you were the son of a millionaire or a lord or something like that. It was all male. Uh, it was all privileged. And, and she blew that apart. And suddenly, yeah. ordinary people... Boys and girls from Essex were able to go and work in the city of London, make a fortune, and move on up. You know, and that's to me, that's what social mobility is all about. I think, in some ways, maybe we're saying the same thing, but just coming at it from different angles. Mm. I, I mean, I, I, it's it, it, there's a paradox, isn't there, where people hark back to a time where people were better mannered and mm. things were more. You know, England was a nicer place and it was all, you know, before it got too full and too busy and everybody was after money and all of that. But then you think about, well, what was it really like? Well, at the time they were dropping bombs on on countries, you know, and blowing Nagasaki to bits. And, and, you know, there there were gangs roaming the east end of London carving holes in... And Glasgow. You know, and Glasgow and Liverpool and Mm. the rest of it. So, yes, progress gets made all the time. I just think, you know, really... The older I get, the less sentimental I get, funnily enough. When yeah. I was a young guy, I was always fascinated with history. Now I'm I'm really now thinking about, bloody hell, I've maybe only got 20, 30 years left. Right. Well, what could you do? Or but also, you don't hope? you think that having children has, has probably altered that vision for you as well? Because you want to think ahead to, to the life that your children are going to be able to have and, you know, the world that they are going to want to live in. I mean, I know for sure, for example, I, I got a great deal more understanding of a woman working in the workplace when my daughter started doing it than any other woman that I'd ever known because, you know, she would tell me about the things that would happen to her. She would tell me about the the horrible leches in the office, you know, and thankfully there's a lot less of that now than there used to be. But I had a much greater understanding of it because of my daughter, not because of a wife or a girlfriend or anybody else, you know. And I think that when you have kids, you look forward more and look back less. Because you're forced to... Because, one, they force you to confront the the, the reality of their lives. Because, you know, you can't... There comes a point with a kid where you can't carry on telling them what they should be thinking. You know, they'll no, of course. You. And, and, and I'm, you know, on the, particularly, you're so right about women in the workplace especially because that, to me, that I think has been the biggest sort of social revolution in workplaces in my lifetime. Yes. 20, 30 years ago, the amount of mansplaining and patronising and, and, you know, touching up yeah. and sexual... I mean, oh, unbelievable! You and I could both tell would curl hairs. Yeah, and now, of course, uh, the women uh, stand up and don't take it anymore, which right. is fantastic. I think. Yes, absolutely, as it should be. But also, I think that the, the, what you're alluding to, and you almost made the, the leap, but you didn't quite. The people who talk, I think, about you know how it was much better in the old days, and you know before we were overcrowded, and before we were kind of you know taken over is a kind of slightly racist point of view, I think. And I think very few people have it in this country, but it's a sizable enough number, I suppose, uh, for it to be heard. But I can always, you know, you can always tell, for example, when people ring in, um, you know, where they're going to go. And, and, you know, there's a couple of, you know, what you might say are kind of uh, key words or there might be sort of key phrases or people who hate London now because it's not English anymore you know and you and yeah. you know so I think that I think that those who hearken back to a, a, a rosier time are really talking about a time where there weren't so many immigrants I think you're absolutely right 
Matt Kelly uh, has absented himself for entirely uh, reasonable reasons, and I'm afraid he's going to be substituted by somebody who might be even better than him, uh, Kevin O'Sullivan, my old pal. Kevin, very uh, good uh, afternoon and welcome. Hello, Mike. Yes, uh, very honoured to step into uh, my fellow, to my fellow yeah. Well, Irishman. you know how these things work. You might not ever get the seat back. I'm surprised at how many people have taken to this kind of lifestyle where basically they don't want to go back to work because they're quite happy working from home. Now, it's a very specific class of people, this. It's very middle class. It's people who can yeah. work on a laptop. It's not your bus drivers mm. or your builders yeah, yeah, or your yeah. plumbers yeah. or people who work with their hands. Yeah. It's the kind of middle class civil servant types, you know, bankers. People like us, to be honest. People with like you. us, yeah. <laughs> you know, people who work in advertising, people who work in the media, yeah. people who work in sort of, you know, tech 10%, companies. By the way, it's 10% of the workforce can uh, realistically... Yeah. Yeah. work at home so this idea it's the big sea change no one will ever go to work again yeah. all, it's rubbish anyway 90% of workers have to go to work they're furlough, furloughed at the moment yeah. and let's face it they're getting 80% of their salary they're not having to p pay their commuting costs no. uh, and they're enjoying getting 80% of yeah. their money watching Netflix well we all know people like that I mean I, a friend of mine's uh, girlfriend works in a hotel in central London she's more than happy to sit at home making dresses while she's getting 80% of her money. Yeah, yeah. She's not having to deal with a lot of tossers who uh, go to yeah. hotels and expensive hotels yeah. in particular and demand the world, you know. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't have to commute. You don't have to do that. I had a guy on the phone today, you probably heard him saying, you know, I used to drive an hour and a half into London, an hour and a half out. Um, you said, I'm not doing it anymore. I don't ever want to do it again. And you can understand that. Yeah, because it's uh, it's a nicer way of life, but it's uh, a destructive way of life uh, will be to I this. mean, there are those of us, of course, who would like to get away from the missus. So one of the reasons that you go to work is to get out of the house. Yeah, which... You ought to sit there with her all bloody day, do you? Well, there's a, all, we've, uh, all we've heard recently is the great advantages, you know, to the environment, uh, to mental health of working right. at home. What about the great advantages of working at the office? Yeah. You know, it's not just socialisation. Get away from the missus or the or the husband yeah. it's meet your friends social have a beer after work yeah. the, uh, go for lunch the whole social thing yeah. I've always enjoyed working in offices yeah. I'm the best life of my life but that's why the city at the moment is, is not coming back to life because none of that's happening you know yes you can go over to Borough Market uh, where there's quite a few people on a, of, of, on a nice day having a drink outside of the pub but it's nothing like what it used to be where it was literally rammed no, with people inside and I outside. Know, but I'm told, and you may know this better than me because you may go more often than I do, but West End-wise, there's nothing going on. I know. West you know, End like Regent Street, Oxford Street, mm. all that area, Bond Street, nothing. Well, West End at night, uh, I've been down a couple of times, absolutely dead. Mm. You know, those pictures when they first opened the pubs of Soho, uh, jam-packed. Jam-packed, of course, by the way, with Brexiteer racists. Yes, of who course. Who wanted to go for a drink. Which is rather curious, considering that most of the people in Soho probably didn't vote to leave the European Union. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old Compton Street, yeah. trust me, it's, it's not, not really, full of Brexiteer it's not racists. It's not a of Brexit Party members, really, um, is it? Yeah, so, so uh, that was the first night. Right. Uh, ever since then... It's been empty. Mm. Uh, and that's really worrying. It's worrying during the day that London is empty. And it's possibly even more worrying that at night it's empty. Yeah. This is restaurants, theatres. Uh, and what worries me as well is that the scenes that I've seen so far, in, in, and I think I saw a picture this weekend. It wasn't quite as mobbed as it was the previous one. But tables all over the streets yeah, in Soho. Yeah, right? yeah. Now, I don't necessarily object to that. But it worries me that this kind of creeping anti-car pro-cycling, you know, green air lobby is taking over, right? And they'll be all delighted that there's no cars going anywhere near the middle of London. That's what they want. This is what this coronavirus crisis has done to us. It's turned us into 
uh, an even worse nation of network uh, net, 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 net curtain, curtain twitches, yes. checking on, oh, he's disobeying the rules, yeah. he's not doing it, I'm going to report him to the police. Turned us into a nation of nasty little snitches. Yeah. And what are these rules and regulations all about? This is now absolutely fucking mad. Mm. Yesterday, uh, the death toll uh, out of 67 million British people was four. Today, it plummeted to three. Oh. Three people died Aye. yesterday of this disease. And for that, we are in a state of paralysis. I mean, paralysis. I'm sorry, more Everybody's... people die on the roads, don't they? It's I, think, I think it's five what? or six people a for day. The, for the last month, Mike, every single day, five times more people have died from the summer flu right. than they have of COVID-19. Yeah. Every day, right. five times more. This is insanity. Mm. We are locked in a kind of madness. That idiot, Boris Johnson. Yeah, but it's not just him. You know, I, you, you're much harder on him than I am, and, and I get that. Wow. But there are lots of other countries where, for example, Germany have just ruled that you can't now travel to Spain. Well, so that's banned. It's not even go to Spain and come back in quarantine. Yeah. You can't go. I saw a picture in the Times the other day. Did you see it of, uh, of the Italian Air Force flying over a beach in <laughs> Tuscany? Right. And I'm thinking... That looks like the guy's going to pull a rifle out and start shooting people if yeah. they're going in the sea. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we've got sunbathers down yeah. on the left, sunbathers yeah. on the left, sunbathers on, on the left. Not, so the whole world has gone crazy. Open fire. Yeah, the whole fucking world has gone yeah, nuts. Yeah, fairness to Boris uh, and Matt Hancock and the gang, uh, I'm not specifically picking on them. Uh, they and millions, everyone, seems to be in the grip of a global insanity. Yeah. We have lost our minds over a disease, a virus that isn't doing much damage, and yet we are allowing this country to go to rack and ruin mm. because of it. We've got to snap out of this. Get out of your fucking Do you not tent, think, though, Boris, do you not save think the nation? that if they pull all the furlough money, that that will make a difference. I think it will, because I think there's still too many people who are on furlough. I know there are plenty of people working from home, but there are also plenty of people on furlough. And if you pull that money and suddenly say to them, you'll have no income now unless you go to work, I bet you'll see the trains filling up, you'll see the buses filling up, and you'll see people going back. Well, I hope so. I do, I do think, I mean, when you say this, people say, oh, you, you're so heartless, you don't understand how hard it is for us. But I do think it was a bad decision by Rishi Sunak to extend the furlough to October. But again, it's easy to say that now, but I mean... If it he certainly would be a bad decision if he does it again. Yes, I think so. Um, no, if he, but, but again, if he hadn't done that, you know, where would we be now? Yeah, fair enough. I mean, you know? I, I'm diffident about it, but... but we can't carry on paying people 80% of their wages for not going no. to work. That's uh, coming out of our pockets. Mm. It's going to destroy the nations like so many other of these policies. What the policy should be, uh, if you're listening, Boris, in your tent in Scotland. By the way, I think that's his punishment. <laughs> Is he in a tent? Uh, yeah, camping holiday in oh, Scotland. Oh, for God's sake. Can you imagine the state you'll be in? Because my dad used to go camping, not camping so much, but hiking in the Cairn Gorms, yeah. right? And he would take his tent, but the midges were so bad. Yeah. And he would literally, he would paint... And he would, and he asked every. He took my sister once. My mother once. He asked me. I'm like, I'm not fucking going. He must be joking. And uh, he came back one year. His head was like a sort of um, something, something out of a Hammer horror film. Yeah, he'd been bitten so much that it was all swollen. He had lumps so coming out Boris of him. Come back yeah, like that, Boris yeah. had come back. You'll be literally lumps coming out of the side of his head because they're in a, they swarm. They're yeah, like yeah, a no, cloud. It's a terrible. It's place awful, for that, isn't it? But I think that, I mean, we don't seem to be able to get this message through to him. But for God's sake, the policy has to be not getting back to the new normal, getting back to the old normal. Exactly.
the point is, is the new storm involving whether or not you should take the knee uh, is the England cricket team yeah. who didn't take the knee right. uh, against Australia. Fantastic game, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I'm nor, not a big cricket uh, fan, to be honest. Nor so did the Australians. Right. Uh, that's their choice. Michael Holding, the legendary West Indies bowler, came mm. up and lashed into, you've got to take the knee, you've got to take Why? the knee. Jofra Archer, our young black bowler, said, no, we don't have to yeah. take the knee. Right. Uh, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You can't tell us what to do. Now, this feeds into exactly what's going on at Britain's Got Talent. Yeah. That diversity do a party political dance on behalf of Black Lives Matter on last Saturday's show. It is now creeping up on the most complained about show of all time to Ofcom, the watchdog that looks Who have still done nothing about it, by the way. Who have still failed to And react. I did say that they would probably yeah. be frightened, what, didn't but, I? But what is ITV's reaction uh, and Britain's Got Talent reaction to this to announce triumphantly that diversity will be doing a special yeah. Christmas show? In other words, they're saying, oh, to their core audience, mm. you lot can all fuck off. Yeah, exactly. This right. is not about you. Also, Alicia Dixon said, yeah. did she yeah, not, yeah, that yeah. if uh, there was a complaint kiss my back uh, up. upheld or something, that she would quit. Yeah, well, well, she denied that, but she did say you can kiss my black ass. Did she? But the, these are. Th these are. Uh, straw man arguments uh, which allege that anybody who complained about the wrong arena to perform a political dance, mm. i.e. an entertainment show, is somehow a racist. Right. That's bullshit. Right. It's not what the complaint about. The complaint is about breaking broadcasting right. rules. Exactly right. But this is the trouble with now the world in which we live because the rules can be broken by some people, but not by others. Yeah, yeah, For yeah. example, if you're in a Black Lives Matter march, you're fine. If a woman with six kids and two adults sits in a park, mm -hmm. she gets the police feeling her collar, telling her, I don't know if you saw this on the news yeah, last yeah, night, yeah, yeah. telling her that she can't be sitting there with, you know, sort of nine people, including children, having a picnic. Yeah, what yeah. is going on? She should just say, actually, we're having a Black Lives she Matter She should have just protest. held up a placard. P Black Lives Matter protest yeah. picnic. Then and then they would have allowed. had to be left alone. She, it, it, what this is, is the mass imposition of a political orthodoxy. Yeah. Funnily enough, it's not an orthodoxy I particularly disagree with. I think Black Lives Matter. I hate racism. I think we should get rid of racism. I want equality of the races. But you'll never however, get rid of racism. However... You you won't ever get rid of it's it. A, but it isn't the fucking point. It is not the place to make a demonstration, to make a protest, a mass family entertainment show on a Saturday night. That's against broadcasting rules. Well, Where the fuck are off Well, exactly. But the bottom line is, is that if they don't do anything about this, that then leaves the door open for somebody else yeah, to come yeah. in and make some kind of political statement uh, while entertaining the nation on Britain's Got Talent. Yeah. You know, some comedian might go into some, you know, monologue yeah. um, about how great Boris Johnson is or why you should vote Tory. And how how dare Michael Holding criticise the England team for yeah. not taking the knee? You know, how dare he criticise a young black guy like Jofra uh, Archer, who's yeah. actually a West Indian by descent, yeah. uh, from... Uh, for, for, for not taking the knee? That's their decision, and right. it isn't racist not well, to also, take to the knee. Well, also, to be honest, it shouldn't be... Um, the whole team does it or doesn't do it. If some people want to do it, mm -hmm. I would say if I was the captain of, a, say, a cricket team mm -hmm. and a couple of the players said, look, we'd quite like to do this, is that mm -hmm. all right? Yeah, I'd yeah. go, yeah, do what you like. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's no reason why everybody should be made to do it. Do you remember there was a picture, famously, I think of one or two 
uh, NFL players mm -hmm. who refused to do it. Yeah. And they were castigated and yeah. called racist and all mm -hmm. the rest of it. I think a couple of them were actually white. Mm -hmm. um, I think and, there might be so a New Zealand rugby player as well. There's a New Zealand rugby player yeah. who wouldn't do it. Um, because, of course, the Maoris have a very interesting view of the world. You know, mm. people who come from that part of the world, mm. they're quite religious. You know, uh, we saw, the I think it was, was it not the same guy who got into trouble for saying something about gay people? Mm -hmm. You know, because they have religious beliefs. Now, you know, we've seen that before in the same way that uh, that Australian guy um, who's been hired as the Brexit negotiator or Tony as part Abbott, of the team, yeah. Tony Abbott, is a very stringent Catholic, mm -hmm. which is not to say that he's in some way evil. He just has certain yeah, beliefs yeah. which make him a conservative, yeah. which mean that in the old days, when you were a conservative, you didn't actually hand loads of money away to people mm. and tell everybody to ride around on a bicycle like yeah. Boris Johnson does. Yeah, I know. You know, actual conservatives didn't used you mean, to believe. You mean in those that, days when conservatives weren't socialists? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, they used to actually think that religion was quite important. They used to actually think that um, you know, gay, gay marriage, marriage? gay marriage, perhaps is right. not the greatest idea. Right. But it was it was said as if he was somehow the devil. You know, because, well, look at this bloke over. Look at him. Yeah. He doesn't believe in it. Well, that, he was, you know, they tried when he, when he was appointed here as the trade envoy. Uh, they tried to cancel him yeah. uh, in the time-honoured fashion. But to go back to Brit Black Lives Matter, right? If you want me to take the knee for Black Lives Matter, small b, small uh, yeah. l, small m, right? Because Black Lives do matter. I'll happily do that. I still it, think it's a it, bit of a but sort if of you want me, sugary no, no, stuff. I'll do it. I'll do it. You know? but if you want me to take the knee for Black Lives Matter, the organisation that wants to destroy capitalism uh, and the nuclear, destroy family. the nuclear family and defund the police, you can go fuck yourself. Well, I'm exactly. not going to do it. Well, you know, I was looking at some of the coverage of old, um, uh, what's his face? Um, um, Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton yeah. over the weekend. Oh, what a he's, he's been getting, into, Well, I mean, it? he's now in trouble, it would seem, with the Formula One authorities because they've at least got the balls yeah. uh, to criticise him yeah. because he wore that T-shirt at the weekend yeah. at the Grand Prix in which it said, uh, arrest the police who killed this, this particular black woman in America. can't remember her name. But also on the back of his T-shirt, mm -hmm. he's got all these things that say trans power, gay power, Black power, yeah, yeah, yeah. student power. Somebody yeah, yeah, sent yeah. me a tweet and yeah, said, yeah, yeah. why doesn't it say horsepower? Because that's what it should say. And I mean, he's turned into a right wally, hasn't he? Lewis Hamilton, I mean, one of the most privileged people on earth, makes an absolute fortune driving very expensive and highly fueled up, um, you know, sort of... Uh, infestations of the environment mm -hmm. and then tells everybody to be green. Yeah, I know. And all of a sudden, he's like this. Yeah. We've never heard of anything no. of this from him before. No. Along comes George Floyd and suddenly he's, he's campaigner of right. the year. I know. It's I really know. I wonder, weird. I mean, I do wonder whether some of these guys have just seen a, an opportunity. Yeah, business opportunity. Yeah, a business opportunity to get themselves front and centre, yeah. get more people talking about them, get more money coming out of stuff, you know. It's but this is, this is all now out of control. Yeah. You know, ITV and Britain's Got Talent are basically saying to their core audience, uh, sorry, we don't care about what you think. We're too busy polishing our own halos. Yeah. Uh, you know, virtue signalling how great we are. You can all fuck off uh, and we're going to get diversity mm. to a special programme. That's what we think of your complaints. We don't care. Just like the BBC yeah. does, hates its own audience. Right. Now it seems ITV hates its own audience. Right. ITV, of course, like the BBC, basically weighed, made up of a load of middle class, white public people. school educated white, white people. people. They did a poll last night, apparently, Sky, in which they uh, uh, pointed out that 70% of people in the country, mind you, are frightened. Really? Well, I don't know any of them. I yeah, don't I'm, know one person who is frightened. This is a trope. This yeah. is a trope. Uh, the government's creating this narrative to uh, create the illusion of mass support yeah. for its COVID policies. Right. Now, and it's very clear to me 
that they are using techniques which are basically propaganda techniques. Yes. I'm not saying that there's any kind of conspiracy theory, but what I am saying is that it's very clear to me that they have now used PR, they've used marketing, and they've used all manner of sort of, you know, different... It is. I mean, they had, for example, it's they had a big spread in the Daily Mail today, an advertorial on the NHS app, right? Yeah. Quoting people, making it look like a piece of editorial. It yeah. wasn't. Yeah. But one of the things that it said, right, as, which I found rather bizarre, one of the things that it said in, in uh, quotations from a doctor, don't yeah. worry about the NHS app because it can't uh, trace you and track you at all times. It doesn't know who you've met or where you've been. All right, though. So what's the fucking point of it, then? Yeah. Don't worry about the NHS app, because only about 15 million people have got yes. it. So it's not going to fucking work. No. Why aren't people getting it? Because they suspect that this is just to monitor us. Uh, they suspect it won't work. They don't trust the government's basic premise of its policies. They don't trust the government policies. Why should they sign up No, of course this? they shouldn't. Why and should everybody they? says, why should I risk my job, which may be a job which you only get paid for when you turn up, for yeah. example, if you're on a freelance contract or something, yeah. because some bozo claims to have been infected by COVID-19 and claims to have been in the same room as me. Yeah. It's ridiculous. The, the NHS app is an impossible dream by a bunch of public servants who don't understand the concept of jobs that are, well, it's at, worse than are, that. are at risk. It's worse than that, because you know who's making all the money out of it? It's all these bloody consultancy firms who have, who have, who have now completely pivoted their business yeah. from away from the banking sector, where there's not yeah. much going on. And they've started now getting involved with governments all around the world. I can say this with some um, surety, because I know some people that work for these companies, right? And they basically all get their fingers in the pie and saying, oh, look, there's billions of pounds here. So they're all in bed with the governments, yep. developing this, developing yeah, that, yeah. these £7,000 a day crowd. I mean, you know, the amount of money yeah, that we're spending on this rubbish uh -huh. is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, and forget the app. It's not, it's not going to be effective. Uh, track and trace, they're never going to get that right. What's going to happen is, we're going to, as you say, Mike, we're going to spend billions and billions of pounds fighting a, a phony war that can't be won against a virus. And basically, it will just work its way through us. We'll get to herd immunity, having ludicrously delayed it and postponed it by all these ineffective measures. And in the end, it'll pass, mm. like the way viruses ever always do. And then, horror of horrors, another virus will come along and no doubt we'll do this again. Well, again and that means humanity's fucked. Well, as we said before, and we have said many times, at the end of the day, right, if we did this for flu every single winter... You know, we'd never stop hiding yeah, yeah, yeah. because pe people are killed by flu every single yeah, winter. Yeah. You know, people will say, well, it's not the same. And I accept that. I'm not pretending that it is the same. Mm -hmm. But flu kills, you know, tens of thousands of people in this country every single yeah. year. Why are we not having daily fucking briefings about that? Why are we not having, you know, hospital bed counts about that? Because all of these hospital bed counts, they're only saying that this is the percentage of people in, in critical care beds. They don't say how many of them are actually suffering from COVID, right? No, exactly, no. And that, apparently some of the hospitals that are being, we're being told are nearly full, that's the COVID no, beds. It's rubbish. It's the COVID it's beds. It's rubbish. And in any case, uh, Chris Bryant said the hospital's 75% full. He told oh, a complete lie, by the way, the, when the he was double asked. Last double last year. Yeah, yeah. Not true. You could tell not he didn't. True. Yeah, it's not true. And also, if you've got 25% capacity still to go, it's not exactly a crisis point, no. is it? No, but also it's not even that. I was listening to a guy this morning talking about Manchester, and Manchester's um, capacity, basically, of hospital beds in total is 900, right? Yeah. Now, that's for everything. At the moment, there are 200 occupied beds, OK? Yeah. Now, they have, without having to do anything, easily the capability to go up to 300, which is another 50% again, right? 
if they wanted to dis disturb other patients and other kind of things that the NHS does, they could go all the way up yeah. to 900, which is effectively, you know, more than double the space that they're using up at the moment. So they wouldn't probably use that. However, if they don't use that all, or if they do use all that up, then there's another 5,000 in the Nightingale Hospital. So it's absolutely bollocks. Not a, it's not, it's we absolute are not, bollocks to we say are, they haven't got beds. Totally. We are not at crisis point. Let's talk a little bit about um, uh, America, because today, for the first time, we're seeing uh, reports from the US of A uh, that Trump has basically conceded, not quite in the way that maybe he was meant to, and not completely sort of, you know, full concession speech yep. time. But he has now agreed that, uh, that Biden, for the moment, is the winner, and he will take part in this transition process, which releases money to Joe Biden, who I'm rather not surprised to say... Uh, it seems to be rehiring all the bozos that were in the Barack Obama White House. Of course he does. I think that uh, Trump's tactic is this. I suspect he's got something out of Georgia. He's yeah. got something to show the yeah. American people. Look, yeah. here's an example of the voter fraud that yeah. was going on. I say it was going on in a lot of yeah. other states as but well. But we can't prove But it. if he's got one bit of evidence, yeah. then he can bow out with some dignity saying, yeah. look, I wasn't lying. Yeah. So... Uh, and I think he's right now to finally kind of concede. Yeah. Uh, because he well, it needs... was going very dry, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, he needs to uh, bow out of the White House uh, with dignity. Mm. And then I am in no doubt he will launch his, or already has really, launch his campaign to be the next president of the United States. Do you States. think? I mean, I'm not so. sure he'll want to do that. But yeah. I mean, I, I certainly think he'll want to be a thorn in the side of Biden, yep. which won't be difficult to do, by the way. Yeah. By the way, I've been, I've been thinking, uh, how am I going to spend that 10 quid that Mike Graham owes me? That <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said to you, until the actual fat lady yeah. sings, you will not be getting any of my money. So I reckon you'll be waiting till January. By the way, did you just talking to people who Welsh on bets? I'm, yeah. I'm sure you wouldn't Welsh. I certainly wouldn't. Uh, um, and I don't care if you do, actually. But um, uh, Boris Johnson once bet uh, Max Hastings, when Ma Max Hastings was his editor. Yeah. They had a thousand quid bet on something. And I right. can't remember what the topic was. It was something similar to us. Right. It was a political thing. Yeah. Bet you they don't do this. And they did do it. Right. Uh, and Max Clay said, oh, you owe me a thousand quid. And Boris uh, sent him an envelope saying, please find enclosed my cheque for £1,000 and empty <laughs> really? nothing in there. Really? He's no tourist. Apparently, he's, See, ne now, he's never been seen to buy a drink ever in the history of his isn't life. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. You know, it, as, as you learn more and more about s some people, mm. they surprise you less and less, don't yeah, they? Because yeah. that's the kind of thing you would expect. Because whenever you meet, it's like people that I meet, and you've played a bit of golf in your time, people who cheat at golf. Yes. You kind of go... You're not really cheating me. You're now cheating yourself. Yeah. What is the point? You know, if you're going to finish... I mean, when I used to play, I've told this story before, I used to play in this European Press Golf Association with my, with my dad when I was a bit younger. And there was this old German guy um, whose name was something like Ralph, somebody or other. Um, and you'd literally not see him from the tee to the green. And, <laughs> and, and he'd say he, four. And he'd go, fumph. Everything was fumph. He became known as Ralph Fumph because everything was five. He almost, whenever he putted in, and you'd be seeing him hacking away in the woods, you know, he's taken at least 10 shots to get out of the fucking woods, and he's got five. Yeah, the golfers, you know. the golfers are more footballers than I golfers. Mean, they kick the ball And to be fair, that's around. what they say about Trump, isn't Trump's it? Trump's the kicker of the ball, uh, yeah. kick, kicks the ball over. 
Christmas is coming, it's about time we talked fucking turkey. Right? <laughs> it goes like this. Are you having turkey at Christmas, by the way? Well, <laughs> hey, what are you doing I, at I New Year, by the way? I am. Yeah, I am. Because yeah. remember last year you had me over for New Year. You're very welcome to come again. I, I, think, to remember. I think you can be in my bubble, can you? Can I? Like that? Oh, maybe, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, we'll have who to figure it out. I mean, who knows what we'll be doing at New Year, Fuck because by the time sake. New Year comes around, we could have been through several Fuck different sake. fucking tears, right? Yeah, but let's talk, tears but let's talk turkey. I know this is controversial, but we've danced around it for too long. We've got to start looking at the facts. Over eight months, controversial. eight months, 64,000 people have died from uh, conditions related to COVID, yes. from conditions uh, when they had COVID, 64,000 people. Well, so that, they tell that, us. That figure is dubious right. in itself. Exactly. But let's, for the sake of argument, say 64,000 people have perished because of the coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, that leaves 66,999, 930, Hundred and thirty. Does that include the twenty-five people that arrived in a dinghy at yeah, Dover this yeah. morning? So, 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 so sixty thousand out of a population of sixty-seven million. We've got to start getting mm. real about that. Well, that is not a reason to shut the fucking right. country down. I had Hugh Pennington on this morning, right? And, and when I it. when I said to him, and he's one of the good guys, he's not a bad guy, right? Yeah. But he's one of the guys that actually does tell the truth. But he was stumped when I said to him. Yeah, but hang on. All of these people that you say have died from coronavirus have not actually increased the number of people dying, generally speaking, in the country uh, over the average of the last five years. Yeah. So what's going on? There's no more people dying this year than there were last year. I know, I know. Right? We've, so what's the fucking problem? Yeah, we've got to get real about this. Of course 64,000 people dying and it is rising, I suppose. You know, that's a tragedy. But it's that's always going to rise, isn't it? That's terrible, but the same number of people tend to die most years from the flu. Uh, 450 people a day die from cancer. Yeah. Hundreds more die from... Well, 1,600 people die. Diabetes. 1,600 people die every fucking day in this we've country, right? We've got to get fucking real and we've got to accept that people die. This fucking government behaving like the anti-death league is ruining the yeah. fucking country. Yeah, and this moron witty, right? This is a bloke um, who, as I said today, if he went out for any reason at all, would be shitting himself in case something falls out of the sky and hits him on the head. Yeah. You know, I mean, these people are literally... Um, they're not coronaphobic. They're life-phobic. Uh, yeah. They're frightened of fucking their own shadow, right? Yeah. They're frightened of getting in a car, frightened of getting on a train. You wouldn't get on a plane with any of them because it might crash. Yeah. You know, what's fucking going on? Yeah, and uh, a friend of mine who lives in Manchester who is, is, is technically vulnerable right. because uh, she has a lot of conditions. Mm. Uh, and she's been shielding, stuck at home now for the for eight months. Right. And today she says to me, she said, I, I, I can't go on like this. You know, she said, this is not living. No. This is not living, you know. And that's what millions of people feel. And I, I'm bollocks to this shit about, oh, the majority of people support the government. Rubbish. They fucking well do not. Right, absolutely rubbish. enough of this. Also, the government's very good at convincing people that they're doing the right thing. They're very good at telling you that lots of people agree with what they're doing. Really? Well, actually, I don't know anyone who I have spoken to or I have met who thinks that anything that they're doing with regard to this is a good idea. Yeah. Everybody thinks they're over-egging it. Yeah. Everybody thinks they're making a meal of it. And nobody, but nobody, believes them yeah. anymore. Yeah, No, they don't. No, they've lost all credibility. Right? And just to recap, 
64,000 people dying over eight months in a population of 67 million is very sad, but it is no reason to ruin the fucking country forever, to put fucking millions of people out of work, to fucking ruin thousands of business, to fucking take the ha country to a hand in a ha to hell in a handcuff. There's no fucking reason. I to don't do know this. why I'm laughing. These people are fucking really crazy. <laughs> Boris and Matt Hancock, they've lost their fucking marbles. They really have. I'm sick of it. I know. Fuck you for Christmas, you fucking <laughs> bastards. That's the trouble, is right? Everybody else, everyone else is doing the same thing. That's the end of my party <laughs> political <laughs> broadcast. <laughs> <laughs>you're alluding to and you almost made the, the leap but you didn't quite the people who talk I think about you know how it was much better in the old days and you know before we were overcrowded and before we were kind of you know taken over is a kind of slightly racist point of view I think and I think very few people have it in this country but it's a sizable enough number I suppose uh, for it to be heard but I can always you know you can always tell for example when people ring in um, you know where they're going to go and, and you know there's a couple of you know, what you might say are kind of uh, key words or there might be sort of key phrases or people who hate London now because it's not English anymore, you know. And, you, and yeah. you know, so I think that I think that those who hearken back to a, a, a rosier time are really talking about a time when there were so many immigrants. I think you're absolutely right. To recap, uh, 64,000 people dying over eight months in a population of 67 million is very sad, but it is no reason to ruin the fucking country forever, to put fucking millions of people out of work, to fucking ruin thousands of business, to fucking take the ha country to a hand in a to hell in a handcuff. There's no fucking reason. I to don't do know this. why I'm laughing. These people are fucking I really crazy. Don't. Boris and Matt Hancock, they've lost their fucking marbles. They really have. I'm sick of it. I know. Fuck you for Christmas, you fucking <laughs> bastards. That's the trouble, is right? Everybody else, everyone else is doing the same thing. That's the end of my party <laughs> political <laughs> broadcast. Twenty twenty does sound quite look like a good year. It does. It's a great. It sounds it? terrific. Yeah. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.